This morning, I also just uh, want to bring you some greetings from uh, from uh, Bud, Linda, and some of the others that are traveling here and there and uh, not with us. As you know, it is summer, right? So I bring you greetings from those who have who have left the heat for a while. And uh, as I as I do bring you greetings, I also find myself um, kind of intrigued. I wonder often when I, when I feel led by God and sense his direction to share a particular truth or, or to go into a certain study, I wonder sometimes how others respond to that. For example, we start this, uh, this study now on healing and I just wonder what, what some of the thoughts may have been when you saw that going to do a study on healing. Obviously, the very first thing that most people think is that, yeah, that's a good thing. We need healing. And obviously, the first thought automatically is of all the various people that need healing and uh, the challenges that so many are facing physically and how important it is. And that is a, that is a true reality that we face. Healing is definitely necessary and needful physical healing, but there's also emotional and mental healing, and that's greatly needed as, as well. And then the other thing that's necessary is spiritual healing. You know, God made us with three parts. We are body, soul, and spirit. And so we're going to discover and uncover, as we begin this morning, truths about healing, very important truths that I trust will be a blessing and encouragement to you as we, as we share them together. Uh, I remember thinking about these things for a long time over many years, the whole issue of healing. And uh, the more I've been looking at it, especially this week, I've realized that it's not just a soundbite. It's not just something that you can kind of declare in a moment. Uh, there's so much more involved in this whole subject and issue of healing. And so we begin that journey together today. We begin that, that process of, of learning. And we have to lay a good foundation. And that's what, that's what we want to do today, especially as we focus together on communion and remembering what Jesus did for us because what he did is the key in so many ways, in so many ways. So let's just dive in and begin by declaring that the ultimate purpose for healing is to give him praise, to give God praise, to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 7 to 12 says, through the blood of his son, we are set free from our sins. God forgives our failures because of his overflowing kindness. He poured out his kindness by giving us every kind of wisdom and insight when he revealed the mystery of his plan to us. He had decided to do this through Christ. He planned to bring all of history to its goal in Christ. Then Christ would be the head of everything in heaven and on earth. God also decided ahead of time to choose us 
through Christ according to his plan, which makes everything work the way he intends. He planned all of this so that we who already focused our hope on Christ would praise him and give him glory. Our chief end in life is to glorify God. That is our primary purpose and our ultimate purpose, and here for healing as well, to the praise of his glory, praise of his glory. You know that healing, the word healing itself means to be made whole. If you're not whole, you need to be made whole. And when you're made whole, you are healed. Something can be broken. Any of you broken arm or leg, you know that it needs to be set and needs to be put in a spot where it can't move so that it can heal properly and be made whole again. I remember my, my brothers and I, we, we used to do crazy things. Uh, as I've shared some of the stories before with you, but I remember my brother Tom, you know, he broke his arm. Uh, and we, we, one of the things we used to really enjoy doing, and I don't recommend it, but we used to enjoy taking our bicycles to the top of the slide <laughs> and then riding our bikes down the slide. Well, here's Tom with a broken arm, and he decides he's going to do that. And we're like, all right, go for it, Tom, you can do it. So he goes down the slide with a broken arm, breaks the other one. So here's poor Tom with two broken arms. And we all made fun of him and laughed until he got the, arm, the, the casts off, and then we got payback time. Anyway, he needed, to be, he needed to be healed, right? He Broken arms needed to be healed, and it took a process of, of time and so on for him to to be healed. This morning, I want to I share with you the need and the scope of the healing that's required. The need and the scope. First of all, the need. We are all broken and dead due to sin. We are all broken and dead due to sin. So we need healing because we're broken. We need to be made whole because we're no longer whole. We're basically in a mess. And when you think about what happened in the book of Genesis in the early days of Adam and Eve and, and God's creation, which we'll look at in a minute, you can see the consequences of their decision of disobedience, sin, sin. The Bible says in Ezekiel, the person who sins will die. The person who sins will die. Romans 6.23 says that the payment for sin is death. Death. What is death? Death is separation. Death is separation. Death is like being broken. When a person's life is all upside down and they find themselves looking at life and trying to make sense of life, and they can't because they're broken. They don't think right. They don't feel right. They're not able to perceive life correctly. They're broken. They're broken. They're dead. In Genesis 3, 1 to 3, listen to this. The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. 
And the serpent says to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, No, 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 no. From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. You will die. And we know that they ate. And we know they died. How did they die? Well, we're going to look at this in more detail later, but just let me explain to you briefly. They died in every single way possible. They were separated and broken in every way possible. Mentally, emotionally, physically, in every way they were broken. They didn't just kill over and die physically that moment, but at that moment, death began to occur in their bodies. They died. Some things were instantaneous. They were separated from God immediately. Broken fellowship. It affected their relationships. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the rest of Genesis 3 we'll look at later. Check out Romans 5.12. Here is how it works. It was, it was through one individual, Adam, that sin entered the world. And through sin, death. And this is way... This, and this is way the way death passed through to the whole human race inasmuch as everyone sinned. So because of Adam, we're all born dead. We're all born dead. It doesn't make sense to our world. It doesn't make sense to someone who, who doesn't believe in God because they think that when they're born into this world, they're born actually into life. And we understand this as life, and we interpret this as life. We talk about what you and I go through every day for a certain period of time as this thing called life. It is life. It is life that is finite. It is life that is, that is limited. It is life that is very... Um, very boxed in. Very boxed in. This life that you and I experience on the planet when we're born is not the ultimate life that God intended for His creation. It's not. This is not the end of everything. And hopefully many people will find the end during this period of time that they're on the planet. Because you get one physical human life. And the Bible says that after that, you have to stand before God. Everybody, it's appointed unto man, wants to die, and then after that, the judgment. But death is a reality. We, we are born, and the minute we're born, even though we start to grow and so on as kids and children, and we become adults, the fact is that we are progressing towards death. Progressing towards death. Ask anybody who is pressing 50, moving beyond 60, looking into the eyes of 70 and 80, and just have a conversation with someone who is, who is 
moving into the 90s like my dad, and you, you can see that there are effects that are on the body, on the mind, on the emotions, on the soul, because this is temporary. Amen. It's broken. It's broken. All have sinned, not good enough to share God's divine greatness. So the need of healing, the need of healing is so huge because everybody's broken, everybody's sick, everybody's sinned, everybody's dead. How many people feel like they need healing before they feel that they are sick? When I was younger, I had no concept of healing because it was so foreign to me. You know, you get a cold or whatever, and you get over it after a couple of days, and you move on. But if you've never had anything really serious, I mean, even a broken bone, I've broken all the fingers of my hands. And it's just a matter of time, it got better. But it was actually a benefit for me, because during the time when they were healing, both of my hands were in casts. Oh, <laughs> it was really good, because it was also football season. And it played right into my, my wonderful enjoyment of that game. And people I was playing against, they didn't like it very much. But it was just temporary. You never, you never got to thinking about the fact that this is it, this is the end, I'm going to die. Until suddenly something happens that is not fixable yet. At that point, you start to think, what do I do now? You start looking for answers, direction, and healing. Same thing is true when it comes to mental and emotional issues. People find themselves really struggling. At that point, they say, I need help. I need healing. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to spiritual things. Most people don't realize or come to the awareness of the fact that God is willing and able and wants to heal them and make them whole until they come to the realization that they're not whole, that they're broken. So the need is huge. But I want you to look at the scope with me. The scope. Because everything has been altered due to sin. Everything has been altered. Every relationship, including the one that you have with yourself, every experience, every potential, everything has been altered. And I want to break it down into these three areas here, your relationships. When you look at relationships and you just take Romans chapter 1, 24 to 28, you find the following statements that are there. God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity. Impurity. It says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Their relationship to one another, their relationship to God changed. It says they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. They became the focus, and whatever they chose became the actual direction of their lives rather than what God says. It says that God gave them up to dishonorable passions. If it feels good, do it. 
Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. I mean, your relationships are altered because of sin. We don't treat people the right way. We don't honor and respect fathers and mothers. We don't, we don't love people the way we ought to love them. We have expectations that are not real. They're selfish, self-centered rather than God-centered. Our relationships are completely changed. It says God gave them up to a debased mind. They can't even, they can't even think clearly or think rightly. I mean, you look at some of the things that are going on in our world today and you realize how, how really true this is. I mean, when, when you take, for example, some of the stuff that's happening in the Middle East and some of the stuff that the radicals are doing and the attitudes that they have, the perceptions they have of women and of children about their, their dominance authoritarianism, so many things. And even in our own society, when you look at some of the stuff that's on television, you realize that, that people don't really have a great appreciation or value of the life of other people. Unless there's something in it for them. So your relationships are altered. All of them have been altered. And that's why it's so difficult to get along. <laughs> that's why it's so much, so much of a challenge to live in harmony with one another because we're broken and we don't think correctly. We don't have the right kind of perspective. What about creation? All of God's creation. You know, in, in Genesis, when they decided to make that decision to go their own way, Sin came into the world and affected not only humanity, but also creation. All of creation has taken a twist because of that. Listen to the Paul's statement in Romans 8. He says, we know, that, we know that all that God created has been groaning. It is in pain as if it were giving birth to a child. The created world continues to groan even now. Even now. And the Bible goes on and Paul says that the world is groaning and moaning and waiting. What? Waiting for the, the fulfillment of God's promises so that God can make whole this world that has been broken because of sin. Because of sin. And what about human beings? Isaiah says, we've all done our own thing and gone our own way. In Adam, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, 22, in Adam all die. Die. And I want to just take a moment and emphasize that this morning. Because it's really key to this whole concept of healing. We die, we're broken, we're separated. We need to be made whole in every single way possible. Spiritually, spiritually, we are dead. We're not alive. Paul says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You could not respond to God. 
you were dead. You understand that when it talks about being dead, it's talking about something that we can understand physically. When someone is physically dead, there is no response, no enticement, no movement, no breath, no nothing. We spiritually, because of sin, are dead. We're dead. Not just spiritually, but our souls are dead. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean you don't think. That doesn't mean you don't feel. It doesn't mean you don't choose. It means that your thinker and your feeler and your chooser have been warped and twisted. They don't operate according to the manufacturer's plan. It needs to be set right. You need a reset. You need a reset in your soul and your body. Your body's messed up. Your body gets sick. Your body breaks. Your body falls apart. Your body needs healing. When Adam and Eve decided to make their choice in the garden, not only did it result in the penalty of that sin being death. It also resulted in the power of that sin being so strong that it doesn't allow people to escape its grip without intervention. And not only does it result in that power being strong, it also is seen in the huge pain and suffering it causes. Emotional, physical, etc. All of it. All of it. So healing is essential. We need to be healed. We need to be healed in every way. So what's the antidote? Let's look at God's antidote and remedy for our healing. Obviously it's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. The reason I wanted to start there is because so many people, so many people, when they read that, if they are in a situation of needing, for example, physical healing, they will latch onto this and say, see, because of the stripes that he took, because he was wounded, I am now healed. And so my healing is tied my disease is healed directly because of what Jesus did. Let me, let me be clear today. Be very clear. What Jesus did on the cross secures healing. It secures healing for body, soul, and spirit for eternity. 
for eternity. I mean, I'm going to get into this more later as we look at this study together. But do you realize that even people that were here, that were healed by Jesus, and even other people that have been healed since by the apostles, and others who have been and experienced healing even in our day, this week, all of us, because we are still in this state of humanity, and still the earth is not changed, it's not reached its consummation, it has not all been fixed and changed, those who are healed are going to get sick again. Even Lazarus was raised to the de- from the dead to die again. So listen, don't get the idea that healing is a guarantee of God for your betterment on the planet because your life is not permanent on this planet. There's a real reason why God does heal. Physically, emotionally, we're going to talk about that. But I want to lay the foundation. What Jesus did on the cross was to secure for us, us who put our faith and trust in him, to secure for us healing of body, soul, and spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, this mortal would put on immortality. Paul says that this will be changed. I'm going to get a new body. I don't have it yet. I'm getting one. I am going to have my emotional, mental state of being completely whole. And I am going to spiritually be able to face to face see and walk with my Savior. Not on this planet. Only when I arrive there or until he decides when it is his time to come and to bring the final transformation and to lead us back into what we started with in Genesis. A perfect environment, a perfect society, a perfect humanity, a perfect God in control. But until then... Until then, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Healing of all kinds is in Jesus. It says Christ had no sin. He wasn't broken. (laughs) He didn't need healing. But God made him become sin. God did this for us so that in Christ we could become right with God. We could be made whole. We could be put back into our right state. Colossians 1, 18 to 20, from the Message Translation. I love the way they put this. It says, He, Jesus, was supreme in the beginning, and He is supreme in the end. From, from beginning to end, He's there, towering far above everything. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death. 
his blood that poured down from the cross. When Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, he not only set us free spiritually, but he gave us, he gave to us a completed and total package of healing. Christ also suffered for you, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. For by his wounds you were healed. By, your, by his wounds you were healed. What Jesus did on the cross was to pay for the sin that brought into being all of this sin, death, and brokenness. He paid for it all. Paid for it all. foundation we lay today is this. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know you're going to think, Bob, you're really, really corny. <laughs> but it is indeed the gospel. It is the remedy. It is the remedy. Not just for heaven by and by but for life right here and now. It's the power of God that allows us and gives us the strength to pursue. It's the balm of Gilead. It's the peace that passeth understanding. It is Jesus himself and his death, burial, and resurrection. It is his victory that allows us to walk in newness of life. In spite of the pain, in spite of the hurt. Why? Because as someone said, I think I read it in the scriptures somewhere, this world's not our home. It's not our home. The healing begins when we believe the gospel. God has healed, and God does heal, physically and emotionally. God has healed people that don't believe physically. And God has healed people emotionally that don't believe. But God never heals anyone spiritually until they believe. And people may experience the blessing and the benefit of God's grace and goodness and mercy physically and emotionally, etc. But you will never experience the whole package without the gospel. Amen. You won't. When you taste and see that the Lord is good, when you put your faith and trust in the gospel, you experience the entire package of God's healing. It's a guarantee. And some of that guarantee we get to experience tidbits of here and there through this life. But we know for certain, we know for certain that we too will one day be complete and perfect in every single way. 
Listen to this. Jesus says the following. Jesus' message was this when he began his earthly ministry. He says, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. Trust in the gospel. You know, when you live life as an unbeliever, you can experience healing, as I said. You can see miracles. God can do miracles in your life. And there are reasons why those things happen. We're going to talk about that. But it doesn't mean you're secure. It doesn't mean you're safe. It doesn't mean you're okay. And it doesn't mean you're healed. But when you put your trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, when you trust Jesus and the gospel, you are guaranteed, guaranteed 100%, the whole package and all the promises of God. So 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I would remind you of the gospel I preached to you that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is the gospel. If Jesus died and was buried and didn't rise from the dead, we, as Paul says, are of all people the stupidest in the world. We're fools. But he rose, didn't he? The grave's empty. Jesus lives. By the way, he's the only one who conquered death and hell. And because he lives, we too can live. So check out Romans 10. He says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, we are preaching if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. So my question this morning as we wrap this beginning this beginning message on healing up is this. Do you want a temporary fix or a permanent one? <laughs> you know, do you, you just want a temporary fix? Do you want God occasionally to do a miracle for you? You want God to heal you of this and that and the other so you can keep on living your life the way you want to live it? Or do you want a permanent fix? Do you want to have God heal you spiritually, bring you back into relationship with Him? Do you want God to begin with His power to overcome the forces of the enemy and give you the ability to live in harmony with other people and Him? Do you want God to come and live within you and begin to empower your thinking and your emotions and the whole process of this thing we call life so that you can experience the fullness of His grace in your life? Do you want God to come in and literally begin the process of preparing you for a new body and a new home and a new permanence?
a new eternity. I don't know. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if you have truly trusted Jesus Christ for the permanent fix. But if you haven't this morning, I invite you to do that. Put your trust in Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and glorious resurrection. And you know what? If you've done that, if you've done that, let me say this. Believers, believers, don't be fooled and don't be duped by the evil one. God is not finished with you. God is still in the process of working and doing amazing things in you in this world. And Jesus is preparing a place for you. So this morning I would say be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful. We thank you for Jesus Christ who secures for us complete and total healing, body, soul, and spirit. We pray, Father, that you would enable us today to make a decision to focus on the eternal and not to live in the temporary. Not to be so overcome by the here and the now that we miss out on that which is ours in the future by faith. And Lord, in the meantime, we want to thank you for the way that you keep showing up. You keep doing this and that and Miracles and working and healings and blessing and just a still small voice of your spirit. Thank you that we walk in communion and fellowship with you. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. And Father, for those right now this morning that are struggling with the, with the temporary aspects of this life, thinking they should be eternal, Lord, I pray that you would help them by your spirit, by your grace, by the gospel and the power of the gospel. Father, to think clearly, to think clearly. We do thank you and we rejoice in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and sing because Jesus plunges us to victory. If you need. Oh.